Head to Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you've got any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And Scott got a couple of emails, and one was about we had leeches, a problem with leeches. Yeah, problem with leeches. I, I guess, you know, with all the, the rain and the humidity we've got, the leeches are, are pretty bad. Yep. Uh, I know if you head up into the forest, you know, you're going through pretty much anywhere they can, you know, pop up. Pop up. I think they jump. Do they? Yeah, I, I, don't, well, I don't know that they do, but they don't they, you know, they sit on the end of the little ferns and then they stretch out as far as they can and then they sort of hook onto you and then they go into the nether regions and camp out <laughs> and start doing what they do. I just, well, I really want to see them jump. That's, it must be like an Olympics for leeches or something. Or... Well, I think I've just made that <laughs> up. So don't expect to see that in the next Leech Olympics. <laughs> But look, Joe has emailed us in. She said, any solutions to leeches in the garden? She loves to get into the garden on weekends, uh, but she's being put off by being leached so Ugh. regularly. Ugh. Yeah, I know. And getting rid of them must be terrible. What do you do, salt them? I think so, yeah. Well, you can't, if you pull them off, they, I think it hurts if you pull them off. Yeah, because they've got that little sucker thing and then yeah. they bleed because they're putting the anticoagulant into you. What about the old cigarette lighter? Yep. <laughs> well, I'm sure 007 or someone used that at that at some point in time. So, look, that's that's probably a way to get it off. Maybe the salt's the best way to do that. Just pour heaps of salt over you. Yeah, yeah, just do that. She said, I spray my boots with, you know, like one of those sprays uh, or eucalyptus oil, mm. uh, but they crawl up in any way. So they're pretty, you know, resolute little creatures, yeah. aren't they? For an animal that I don't even think has a brain. Does it? Well, we need people to tell us about this. So they're they're pretty resolute little creatures. Um, She's heard that wasabi spray. Oh, right. Yeah, mix it in water and spray that around. That's probably not a bad idea, is it? You could put wasabi paste on your your shoes. Yes, you could do that. (laughs) Uh, What about you can make up the old uh, chili? um, You probably don't need garlic in there, but you can make up a chili spray as well. Yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you could mince up the uh, you know a couple of good chilies, or at least the membranes and the seeds inside, yep. so that it's really nice and hot. Uh, and you can make that up into a spray, or even just like a little paint, and you could paint that over your old boots, and um, you know maybe put some old socks, and you know have them up around your knees, and give them a bit of a soak as well. And that 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 might actually keep them under control. So, look, if anyone's got any fantastic ideas, uh, you know Harry Butler might be out there. He might be able to give us some ideas about how to uh, keep leeches off and how to get rid of them. We've come up with the uh, the salt and the uh, chili spray, yeah, and the lighter and the, yeah, the lighter, yeah, and so, the, the flamethrower as yeah. well. Yeah. So we want some actual actual ways to keep leeches under control. If you could help Joe and help Greg and I out as well, yeah. so we just made up a couple of ideas. But they could work. Don't poo poo them like that. Well, we know, salt definitely works. It does. Yes. And I'm I'm sure I saw 007 with a, a cigarette lighter at one point in time. <laughs> I'm going to stick by that. It's Gardening Talk back on to you RFM. We've got Dylan from Seahampton, and he's looking after banana trees, which he's just picked up. Hey, Dylan, how can we help you? Um, we've just um, purchased our first property in West Wall's End, and, yeah, we found some banana trees on there. They're not exactly fruiting, and they look quite young. We just want to know how to um, manage them and get them to start you know, give them a healthy life or whatever. Yeah, look, the great thing about banana trees is that they pretty much look after themselves. They are a really, really simple plant uh, to look after. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing is that they, they keep on clumping out, so you do have to start to control them at, at some point in time. Uh, you could fertilise them as well if you wanted to. Uh, I think some cow manure, you know, just sort of spread around the outside of the clump um, would be a nice thing. you probably actually even spread it down 
into the clump as well. Uh, and then once you do get some set, you know, once you some fruit set on there, you have to be really careful about that and uh, try and, you know, put a, a sack or, you know, some sort of, you know, covering around that fruit so that the, uh, you know, the bats and things don't get into it and attack it and, uh, you know, absolutely wreck it up on you. So look, okay. yeah, bananas, really easy to look after. Um, apparently they're the, the world's largest herb. Yeah, right. Yes, there's wow. another another fun fact, apart from the leeches we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so look, the bananas, very easy to look after. A little bit of cow manure around them just to give them a good general feed. What's the soil like out there at uh, West Wales End for you? Um, it's quite damp where the trees are. There's a little bit of a creek-type thing running through the backyard. So, um, yeah, they're at the bottom of a hill. So it's pretty. It's quite moist, the ground, and... Um, yeah. So with a sack covering the fruit, would like a hessian sack be fine or would yeah. that block out the sun? Yeah, look, the old-fashioned hessian sack, uh, even if you could get some shade cloth or something, um, you know, you could put that around it just to protect from, you know, the, the bats and the possums. But, uh, yeah, the old-fashioned hessian sacks are a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, we've got plenty of possums out here too. So <laughs> <laughs> and look, on them before the fruit. And, and it's going to, those bananas absolutely going to love it in those, uh, you know, sort of moist conditions that you're describing. So, uh, yeah, good luck with them out there. Cool. Thanks for that. Okay. Appreciate it. Uh, cheers. So we got someone with a little bit of advice about leeches, saying to use a prickly heat pad on the feet and socks. Will do too. And, and just socks. I'm assuming the prickly powder goes on the socks as well. Uh, I, I, I don't know what prickly heat powder is, but I'm thinking the leech might be better than that, sticking that in your socks. That, yeah. that doesn't sound very good. Anyway, oh. the, the great advice. That was a, a lesson from uh, Linda from Long Jetty about leeches. Oh, okay. And we've got Alan now from Warners Bay, and he's trimming, wants advice about trimming growth from his citrus trees. Good afternoon, Alan. How can we help, mate? Well, I've got half a dozen uh, citrus trees along the drive, and they've all of a sudden sprouted all these young, I don't know, water shoots or whatever you call them. Can I cut them off? Yeah, look. the... Uh, leaf miners love them. <laughs> now, those um, particular shoots, where where are they coming from? Down low on the plant near the ground? No, no, all up top. Most of it all up top. Yeah. So, look, you've, you've hit the nail absolutely on the head. Uh, citrus leaf miner at this time of year is just rife and it loves the new growth. Once the growth hardens up, it really can't get in there and do any damage. But yeah, you, when you have a look at a brand new citrus leaf, you can just see that there's this little sort of clear membrane over and then the really soft, juicy stuff in and underneath. Yep. And it's so easy for it to get in there and, you know, run its little tracks and uh, off it goes. So... As you've uh, just you know alluded to, pruning it out is a way to keep it under control. Um, always then just toss it in the garbage, though. Just don't leave it sitting around. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing to do is use a product like Eco Oil. It's a preventative. Yeah, I've been using that every week. Yeah, uh, so you just have to keep on you know, using that. Uh, it's not perfect, um, but it does do a whole lot better job of you know, not doing anything at all. But uh, certainly, yeah. uh, you know, the, the pruning, like you're suggesting, especially if it's damaged, you might as well get rid of that. Uh, yeah, nearly just... every one of them has got the minor on. Yeah, it's it's really really difficult in February to keep it under control. Uh, yeah. I, they must send out a little signal to each other, you know, get out there and attack the citrus, <laughs> and and they do. Uh, it's a, as I said, a very very difficult little and damaging little pest Actually, to keep under control. The lemonade is the worst. Oh, okay. And and what you, it's growing the most, and so it's getting the most damage, or it just seems to be it's, infesting it's that the most. It's got the most young and leaf miners on it. Okay. 
Yeah, mandarin look, next to it. It's got about fifty or sixty all these young shoots. Yep. And they're not really worrying that one. Okay. But well, the orange, oranges and mandarins, lemons and lemonade, they're attacking. Yeah, right. I will look. Just get out there. You can get out there with the shears if you want to, and just give them a, yeah. a really hefty sort of cut back. And then you'll, you'll find you'll probably get a flush of growth again. Uh, you know, in three to four weeks' time, and it yeah. might, might be that the citrus leaf mine is, you know, a little bit less prevalent then. And then you can yeah. just monitor that and let it harden up and and grow on. Um, so that you do get some new growth but look my attitude to citrus is you never really want them to get uh, you know too big because it just becomes uh, you know sort of unwieldy they get too high all the fruits you know is on the new growth up high so if you've got a citrus tree that's three to four meters tall you can't treat it for you know, citrus leaf miner or any other pest and disease. Uh, you get fruit flying. about one and a half metres. An absolute perfect height. I was down at the Central Coast uh, a few months ago and I saw one that had just almost been pruned to waist height but had been yeah. let spread out quite wide uh, and, you know, you're able to toss a net over it and they were getting plenty yeah. of fruit off that plant. It was it looked a little bit unusual but it worked a treat. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Okay, good on you, Alan. Thanks for the call, mate. We've got Daryl now from Cessnock, and he's got some advice about leeches. Hello, Daryl. Are you going to uh, help us out here this afternoon? I hope so. Uh, uh, now, uh, Daryl, firstly, have, have Greg and I been speaking rubbish, or have, uh, <laughs> have we actually had some factual advice to people? I mean, we've had some actual advice. Yep. Look, when I was living on the farm, you're walking through long grass, all the time, opening and closing gates for cattle. Yes. I used to carry a can of personal insect spray. Yes. And one little squirt, they'll drop off you instantly. Right, okay. Okay. That, okay. Um, yeah. I guess you'd have to be pretty careful. Oh, that's on your clothing, not in your direct skin, though. No, on your skin. Oh, okay. I, 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 look, I'm not going to comment about spraying, you know, Pebo all over yourself. But um, yeah, look, that that sounds like not a bad idea. Can you put paid to um, to to Greg's idea that they will leap at your throat? <laughs> do, do do they jump? I haven't had that happen. Okay, well, that's that's good to know. I think we can safely walk around in the bush now without that fear. Yeah, no, on your arms and your your legs and that. Um, so. Get on you, yes. And um, I used to carry a can of, like I said, personal insect spray. Yes. Just give it a little squirt. They drop off instantly, and all of a sudden they'll just prop up and die. Okay. Oh. Well, thank you for that, Daryl. We appreciate it very much. All right. No worries. Okay. Cheers, yeah, mate. Good afternoon, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Daryl. It's oh. guarding talk back on. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say I had another idea. You could have like two salt mills in like a holster almost. I'll catch like a bag yeah, a bag of salt. Yeah, you give it a little grind <laughs> on, on the leech and, and off <laughs> it goes. Just... That pink Himalayan salt, it works a treat. <laughs> so I'm just imaging that now. <laughs> it's like grinding bits of salt on leeches. <laughs> Scott, I've got to, just been joined by a very special guest. Here well, he is. Well, I say special guest <laughs> for the Kev Kettleway Drive Show. I'm oh, very special, thanks. It's an honour. <laughs> just popping in for a quick question. Well, look, we've got, we've got a garden guru on our doorstep. I've got a problem with my garden and how silly would I be if I didn't come in and say, hey, Scotty, what's this? Which is exactly what I did last week. And I was able to provide you absolutely no help no, whatsoever. His, the, response, the response from the garden guru was, have you got a photo? <laughs> <laughs> so this week I do, and I figured 
uh, Scott, it's probably a problem a lot of people will have. And I thought, is that like, is it a, what it is just to explain, it's like a long, thin sort of grass growing in amongst my garden bed. Is that what you call like a nut? I've got a photo. Scotty's looking at the photo. I know you can't I, see I, that. I am. It's, it now he's looks, holding the photo. Now I'm holding the photo. I'm even <laughs> holding it closer to my eyes because, well, he's, Kev's no um, famous photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about as good as you as a garden guru at the moment. <laughs> I reckon, Kev, you've got some sort of, uh, looks almost like a running cooch that's growing. It through. is a runner. Yeah. yeah it, so that's going to be very difficult to get out from the way it, like the way it's spread all through your garden there. Uh, I hit it with a bit of poison the other weekend. Some of the plants look a bit crooked, but you know yeah, that, that's going to be a best bet. Uh, if you get uh, you know some zero or, or Roundup, it make a little funnel up for the end of your uh, your spray head, yeah, so that it you know you can keep it away from the other plants. I think that's going to be the best bet there for you. But it's just it's crawled through everything. It's been an absolute pain. Yeah, try, try and pull out as much as possible, and then hit it with the spray. The bits yeah. that you can't get. Okay, now I did mention another photo, but Scotty said only one question. <laughs> you got, so you got uh, two questions. I got two questions. I got a big. Is that paspalum? It it's... looks like a paspalum. Again, a fantastic photo. Well, the lighting's really, <laughs> really great, and, and the definition. Um, obviously, a number of pixels <laughs> that you've used there. <laughs> Uh, I it does look like some sort of paspalum. It looks like a really rough-edged grass, uh, like yeah. you know, big sort of summery grass thing. I've dug it. I've pulled it out. It just keeps coming back. Look, and the way it is in the middle of that agapanthus, I think you're going to have to take the whole thing out, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You have got some absolutely weird stuff growing in your garden. Oh, steady on. <laughs> That's all right. What about the lawn? It's a beautiful lawn. Look at oh, that. Oh, it is too. Oh, and that beautiful look. ponytail palm. And oh, oh. He, he grows horns every year, that thing. That's a stunner. When you cut those ponytail palms open, don't just go and do it for no reason, but I've had to cut them out before. And it's just this big, mushy pulp in there, and uh, they'll survive, you know, for years and years, I reckon, without a water. They're just the most amazing yeah, right. plant. Yeah. Well, I thought about digging that out of there and putting it in the garden bed. Yeah, look, the only I've got to mow around it. It's a bit of a hassle. Uh, that's true. But the only thing with ponytail palms is you can see they start to spray out that big butt. So yeah. don't put it too close up against the uh, up against the house or anywhere you might need to uh, right. you can push over. If I want to just take it out, is that easy to just dig out and throw away? You're going to have to dig. I'm, and here I'm sort of, it's not very big. Look, it's only about that big. Oh, that's the photo. <laughs> that's the photo. Oh, <laughs> Why isn't it life-size, Kev? Why do you take well, life-size yeah, photos? It's, uh, no, it's about four feet tall. You'd have to take out, like actually out around that uh, little sort of ring, yeah, ring. That yeah. ring you've got there. But we'll give it a try and see what happens. But you're probably going to do a lot of damage to Mm. Yeah. What do you do on Saturday? It's and <laughs> it's going to be. I've got beer in the fridge. If you average it out over a few years, it's going to be harder. You're going to use up more calories digging that out than pushing the lawnmower around. Oh, it. really? Yeah, I'll do that. Get your little watch, your Fitbit thing, Apple Watch, and, and test out the calorie count. Oh, I'll just sell the house, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much, Kevin Kellaway. If you've got any questions, we got Scott Sharp four nine two one six two one six. And we've got Alistair from a Central Coast, and he's got pine trees going brown. Hey, Alistair, that doesn't sound too good. What, what else can you tell us about them? Well, I can't show you anything, but I can tell you that. Um, Kev Kellaway's uh, out to your place to take some photos. He's on the way now. I, I like Kev. I've got the fridge stocked with bourbon, so oh. <laughs> come on over, <laughs> Kev. Yeah, so I don't know what the problem is. Is the actual pine tree dying, or is it just a little thing they go through now is it actually you know browning off in the middle of the plant um well it's sort of like browning off 
all over really now with a couple of them and I'm starting to panic because do I need to go and buy some more pines to replace them before they keel over? Or? Yeah, look, look, I wouldn't go down that track yet. Yeah. Jump into the pine and sort of get down in amongst the main trunk and, and have a look in there. Now, if you see the, the, the bark's cracking and you're starting to get sap weeping out of there, it just looks like a gummy sort of sap that's coming out. Uh, yeah. You might also notice some holes. If there's any holes, that means you've got a borer weevil in there. The other thing that, um, you know, conifers can get is a, a canker, which is a fungal disease that they get in them. So there's a few things you can do before you sort of rip them out and start again. You can right. actually spray, uh, you know, with a pyrethrum spray or a malathon spray up and down the trunk and into any of those holes that you find. Yep. You okay. can also get a systemic fungicide and water that in around the plant. Give it a spray up and down the trunk as well. Yeah. And just yeah. try and get rid of that, that canker. Uh, look, very difficult at this time of year. It's humid, so the canker is going to take over. Yeah, right. Um, and the borers, they love the humidity as well. Uh, so uh, I'd be jumping in there having a look around and seeing if you can see, uh, you know, cracked bark, sap, and then you're going to have to go and treat for either borer or conifer canker. Right, okay, I'll have to do that. I'll have a look when I get home this Arvo. Okay, good on you. So thanks, fellas, for your advice and have a lovely day. Okay, thanks, Alistair. See ya, Cheers, bye. And we've got Ben from Charlestown, and his weeping cherry looks like it might be dying. Doesn't sound too flash, Ben. Eight, how can we try and help? Yes, I... Looks very much like to me that it, the whole tree is dying. I don't know what the the main stock is that uh, the cherry was grafted onto, but it, for definite, it is dying, and I don't know what to do about it or or why it would be dying suddenly. Yeah. So, how old is the plant, Ben? Oh, probably about. 12 to 15 years I've had it in the garden and I've also got a grafted grevillea mm. in the same, roughly the same area in another part of the lawn and it seems to be quite happy but the cherry definitely is dying. Okay, and it's uh, out in the full sun as well? Yes, yep. yes, full okay. sun, yep. Now, mate, I'm going to ask the, the obvious questions. Are you aware if anyone's been like spraying or anything, you know, with the herbicide or the lawn or... No, the, no the only the only thing I've sprayed uh, anything with is sea salt, and I did that well, probably about three or four weeks ago when I thought then that there was something wrong with the tree. Okay. Um, it seemed to be okay at the time, but definitely I think I'm losing it and I don't want to. Yeah. Now, if you inspected the trunk of the tree to uh, see if there's any sap coming out or any you know, yes, weevil holes. Yes, one spot where there's sap coming out, to be honest. Yes, okay. I only noticed it just a while ago when I measured the trunk in case you asked me how big it was. So I thought, oh, there's one spot there where there's sap coming out. And up around the graft, is there any uh, sap or anything, any, any you know, frass, you know, any, uh, you know, like sawdust or anything coming out around where the graft is up around the top? Or uh, I'm just looking at it now, actually. Oh, uh, very good. That's a, no, not really. You're doing a lot better than Kev Kelway. He can only bring in some, some, some shoddy photos of his problem. So you're actually describing it in the flesh. So we, we, we love your effort. Uh, look, well, I, I think the best... There's only the one spot on the trunk. Yeah that's got sap coming 
to Aldney Browns sap. Yeah. Okay. So I think the best thing to do is not fertil- don't fertilise the plant. We don't want to stress it out anymore now. We just want to make sure that it's being well watered. Um, and in fact, you know, one of those little bubbler sprinklers, if you put that around it and leave it on there for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, just let the, you know, the water soak in around the root system of the plant. Right. Uh, now, one thing that's going to do is, A, it's going to make the, you know, it's not, the plant's not going to be thirsty anymore. So that's not, we're going to take that uh, problem off the board. Uh, it's also going to help the sap stream start to run up through the plant. So if you have got a borer that's in there, um, it's going to start to force it, you know, almost up and try and get rid of that borer out of the uh, out of the plant as well. Now, the All other right. thing you might want to do is get some pyrethrum or some malathion. Yes, and, I have both. Okay, well, just one of them. Um, you can probably use the malathion and just generally spray the trunk as much as you can and let that run down and absorb in through the bark. Of, of the trunk and if there are any borers it's also going to go in there and, and affect it i'm not going to suggest you drill or anything at this point in time i just think you know the spraying and the soaking is going to do the trick for you and then maybe just a, a general sort of light spray of it over the top of the plant as well only do that when it's cool don't don't do that when it's going to be very very hot right um, and then you know but i just keep up the water to it. I'll be doing that every couple of days, um, the watering just to try and flush that, uh, any bores that might have uh, out. Now, the other thing it could be as well is some sort of fungal disease with the plant. Uh, so uh, have you got any copper spray at home? No, I haven't got any copper spray. Or any other sort of fungicide like um, Mancozeb Plus? No. no. I'd jump down to your local garden centre and get uh, some copper spray and right. mix some of that up as well, and just give that a good spray all over the plant, um, even let it run down the trunk a little bit. Not so important, but generally over the leaves and in around that top area where it shoots out around near the graft. And that's going to put a nice protective coating over the plant. And if there's any fungal disease uh, in there, uh, it's going to eradicate that for you as well. So as you can see, what we're doing, we're, we're trying to reduce the stress on the plant, no fertiliser or anything now. And we're just trying to make it nice and healthy. And we're doing a couple of things as a catch-all um, just to try and, and help the plant. Uh, now, another thing to do uh, once it uh, loses its leaves uh, in winter is to give it a good hard prune back at that point in time and just get some fresh new growth on there come spring um, okay. uh, this year. Well, there's down at the base, at ground level, there's some new leaves coming up like a planter of some kind. Yeah, I don't so, know it, so it's the, the, part of the tree or... No, so get rid of those. The plant's a little bit stressed, so it's trying to shoot up from below the wild root stock at this point in time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And All look, right. just the other thing I should have asked you, it's uh, the grass is not away, you know, up against the trunk and you're not whippersnippering or have damaged the trunk in any way. No. No, no okay. it's Excellent. in a little garden bed by itself, so even if I was whippersnipping, it wouldn't get to the trunk. Okay, Doug. So do do that. Uh, get rid of those little uh, sort of shoots that are coming down the bottom from the wild from the rootstock, uh, and uh, just do as I said with the watering and the, okay. the spraying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, thank you very much for that. I'd, I'd hate to lose it after all this time. Okay. Well, good luck with it. Okay. Thank you very, very much. much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Well, we got Debbie from Mulbring, and her blueberry ash isn't looking overly well. Hi, Debbie. How can we help you? Debbie, you've got some problems with your blueberry ash. Yeah. Hi, Scott. How are you going? Yeah, very well. Um, yeah. Um, the blueberry ashes, we moved in here to Mulberry about 16 years ago, and the blueberry ash 
is out the front and it's absolutely beautiful, beautiful condition. But the last six months, it's lost a lot of its leaves. And instead of being that really dark green, they've mm. gone like a, a light green to almost a bit of yellowy colour. And, yeah, I'm just really worried about it. Okay, Debbie, into an older plant, would you say? Well, I'd say so. It was well established yeah. when we here and we've been here 16 years. Yeah, and, so. how, and how big is the plant? Oh, it'd have to be <clears throat> 16, 20 feet high. Okay. Big. So once a plant gets that big, it, it really becomes quite difficult to, to effectively treat it, um, you know, with any insecticide or, or fungicide. Um, mm. I, I think the best thing to do uh, is to get the old bubbler sprinkler out again and just yep. do some really deep soaking um, watering around it, just letting it dribble, dribble, dribble for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour around the area and just get that, you know, around that root ball really nice and moist. Um, yep. I think that's about the only thing you can do with a plant that's gone to that size. Um, yeah. yeah. Have a look around the trunk, um, as we were just talking about before, um, and see if there's any borer incursions in there, uh, and try and treat that as well if you can, getting yeah, up on a ladder no- and spraying. Haven't no- yeah, haven't yeah. noticed any, but... Like, okay, well, thanks. I'll just, I'll just get the hose out and put it on a drip. Yeah, I think that, that really is the best thing to do. Yeah, okay, okay. Thanks for that. Okay, thanks, Debbie. Okay, Bye. bye. We've got time for one more call. We've got Rob from Maitland, and his mango tree isn't doing very well at the moment. Hello, Rob. How can we help? <coughs> G'day, mate. Mate, I've got a, a young mango tree the missus put in. It's about two-year-old, and the leaves have gone, they go real black and spotted, and um, it's not growing anywhere. What? The goes for that. Yeah, so mangoes do, especially in these humid conditions, get a, a problem called anthracnose. Uh, it's a it's a fungal disease they get. It, it starts sort of in the blossom of the you know the flower of the plant, and then yep. it can spread to the leaves and and everywhere you know all over the plant. So you do need to try and spray that and keep it under control. Uh, some copper spray, copper oxychloride. It's a fungicide. Uh, so you'd get out and give that. A, a really good spray all around. Uh, yeah. They should have new growth on them at the moment, so you really want to try and keep that under control. Now, the other thing, Rob, is uh, even though your plant's only a little tucker at the moment, it's probably just a, you know, a little bit too young to be getting lots and lots of mangoes on it, but when it gets older uh, and it starts to flower, that's also the time to get out there with the copper spray and uh, give it a good spray at that point in time because what it does is it, it nips that anthracnose, that fungal disease in the bud, uh, stops it spreading into the, uh, into the fruit and then onto the leaves of the plant. So you really need to go and grab some, some copper spray from your local garden centre uh, yeah. and, you know, come... Uh, you know, October, November, when you see, you know, those mango flowers starting to come out, that's when you give it a, a spray then. And then you can just spray, you know, regularly, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, uh, right through until this time of year into the middle of March. Very good. Uh, so stuff you put in the ground for it, like nothing to fertilise the ground or anything for it? Or... Yeah, so for mangoes in the ground, you can certainly use some cow manure. They absolutely love it. So, you know, a good bag of cow manure around it, um, not up against the trunk, of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just water that in, and that will certainly help the plant's uh, growth. Well, mate. No, thanks very much for that. Thank you. Okay. Look, they're a really easy plant to look after. A great shade tree, but uh, if you want them to uh, fruit and flower, you just have to uh, keep that anthracnose under control. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Okay. Thank thanks, you. Rob. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Rob. It's Guarding Talk back on 2 in your FM, and we've got a couple more minutes left, Scott. So we'll be leaves, not le- leeches. Oh, leech, you want to go to leeches straight away. Did we, you looked up a couple of fun facts about leeches. I did, and, and look, I think we've been uh, we've, <clears throat> we've lied. 
we've lied, we've, we've lied to the listeners today. Can we? I would think we've or your. Well, I might have made up a couple of little porkies. So, I, how about we try and you know, you know, set the record straight? You did say they didn't have any brains. Yeah, I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they've got um, well, they've got more brains than, than like you and I times sixteen. They've actually the leech has actually effectively got thirty-two brains. Thirty-two brains. Yeah, so they're like made up of little segments, and each segment sort of has a. Not a brain, but a segment of the brain all joined together. So, oh, all right. So I was wrong. I said that the leech had no brain. I'm sorry. It's I apologise. It's got to, lots of brains. I apologise to the <laughs> leeches of the world. Um, they've also got 10 stomachs. Interesting. Oh, right. Eh? Yeah, they've so got to put the blood somewhere, don't they? I guess they do, and they drink plenty of it. Um, they've also got lots and lots of cojones as well. Cojones? Yeah. <laughs> they have 18 testicles. That's a lot of testicles. That is. That's, so, that's 17 too many, some might say. Some would say that, so go for it, leeches. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why there's lots of them. Yes, a little bit scary there. So, um, yeah. There we go. <laughs> leeches... Or solved. Uh, yeah, we've, we've worked out the leech and we apologise to the leeches um, of the world. And you got one more email there for us? Yes, we do. Uh, Chris emailed in. Um, he is growing blueberries in large pots. Uh, he said that they get lots and lots of fruit, but they're, they're sort of a bit small and withered. Um, mate, that's going to be all down to your watering. Um, blueberries, obviously, are a really juicy little fruit. Yep. Once you see them set, you get the flowers on there. You just need to keep watering as much as possible. He asked if it could be about soil pH. I would say no. Um, a good potting mix is going to be fairly neutral. Uh, it's really just down to some regular fertilising with a slow-release fertiliser and plenty of water. Scott Sharp, thank you very much. We'll catch you again next Monday for Gardening Talkback. Talk to you then.